Senoras y senores, this is the AI Ball Podcast coming to you live right now. Episode five available on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, here with you as always. You can find me on Twitter, RobG1063. Joining me, as always, as well, is the man, the myth, the legend behind NAI Ball, Mr. NAI Ball himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cody Butler. Man, Cody, how are you doing today? Thrilled, fantastic, awesome. It's our best show of the season. Looking forward to it. Absolutely agree. We're going to have a great interview coming up here shortly with the University of British Columbia head baseball coach, Chris Pritchett. But before all of that, we start things as we always do. Shout outs and mentions. Shout out to OCU Bryce Milligan. Zero ERA in 34 and two-thirds innings pitch this season. Want to give a shout out to the three Freed Hardeman University starting pitchers who all went seven shutout innings pitch with 10-plus strikeouts. They mentioned to Hannibal LaGrange, a big series win this weekend versus Harris-Stowe State. Shout-out to McPherson starting pitcher Josh Lewis. He threw a no-hitter versus Southwestern out of Kansas. Worth the mention, Cody, you'll enjoy this one. OU softball cancels a game in whether most NAI teams get a doubleheader in. 0% chance of rain, 40-degree weather. What do you think about that? I mean, I just think it's embarrassing. At the same location in Norman, Oklahoma, the baseball team, apparently the weather wasn't cold enough for them to play. They were able to partake in a doubleheader that day. Just, you know, here in the NAI, we strap it on. We play every single day. We're not worried about a little rain. We're not worried about a little cold. So, yeah, we just enjoy poking fun at a little D1 stuff. Absolutely agree. It's a little soft for my taste, but you know what? More power to him. Midway right fielder Kurt Paldino hits for the cycle. First time in school history that happens. He also nets five RBIs. Warner, Alex Vasquez, hit four home runs with 17 RBIs in a week. That's better than some guys are going to do all season long. Ben Mesa cracks the top 25 for the first time, entering the poll at number 23. Shout out to Marymount out of California. They defeat Division III's number 12 team in the nation, Chapman University, 3-1. to one, A huge win for Marymount. We want to give a shout out to Cleary Baseball, the newest baseball member of the NAI. We have a final, number one versus number two, Southeastern University, taking on number two, Tennessee Wesleyan. The final score, eight to seven. Number two, Tennessee Wesleyan with a victory over number one, SEU. Dan Fry with a go-ahead double in the eighth inning with two outs, play at the plate. Ball could not be handled. Tennessee Wesleyan, that's all they would need to go on and win that ball game. Cody. Before we move on here, any shout-outs and mentions for yourself? Shout-out to St. Xavier pitcher Jared Jones. Threw a no-hitter today in the win over Rochester. Outstanding performance for Jared Jones. Also want to give a quick shout-out, Bruton Parker. They just got done beating Valdosta State out of Division Two. So shout-out to the boys out in Georgia getting the job done on the road. Moving on here to our interview with the University of British Columbia head baseball coach, Chris Pritchett. Joining us now on the NAI Ball podcast all the way from Vancouver, British Columbia, is the head coach of the University of British Columbia, Coach Chris Pritchett. Coach, man, thrilled to have you on with us. The first time we've interviewed anybody that far north and the first time we've interviewed anybody that's playing ball, coaching ball in Canada. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and it's, uh, it's, I'm real happy to be with you guys and 
luckily we've got these this internet and this cell phone thing so we can we can reach out and still do it from far away so I'm, i think it's going to go well absolutely i mean it's it's a miracle that we're able to do this uh thanks to technology so we're we're definitely excited cody and i are definitely excited to have you on the nai ball podcast of course <laughs> coach coach pritchett is joining us right now on the silverback sports hotline coach we'll get things going start things off you're you're a california born guy uh you graduated from california you went to ucla you have this laundry list of accomplishments you're a second round major league baseball draft pick and you got to play ball in in the big leagues i mean on, on the biggest stage there was what was that like for you you know whether it was at ucla or you know in in pro baseball you've played a, a just a myriad of games what was that like for you to be able to play so many games in major league baseball and then get that experience as well? Did, did you take any of that into coaching? Well, I think definitely. I mean, obviously to get to see all the levels was not only a great experience, but sort of a dream come true. And depending on if you ca- which day you catch me on, I would say it was a, you know, a successful career. Then uh, the other times I wish obviously I would have stayed at that top level a lot longer. And I, you know, I, you, you feel a little disappointment, but the, no matter what, I think at this point, like being able to kind of see what each level um, is like and what it takes to not only get there, but to stay there is definitely something that I can articulate to our players or whether it be recruits, because, you know, I've had that look in high school where you're trying to decide whether to go in the draft or, or to go into a four-year program. And I may have had to make that decision. And obviously coming out as a junior, I had to make that decision whether to stay for your senior year or not. And uh, I think it just adds some credibility. It doesn't make you a good coach, but it does makes you know what you're talking about when these guys have these situations come up in their lives. And you can just kind of be someone like a backboard that they can, uh, you know, they can ask questions to or whatever. Coach, you know, your experience in college as well, just a laundry list of accomplishments. You were the single-season hits leader at UCLA. You were All-American, All-Pac-10, eventually second-round draft pick by the Angels. Uh, How much of a difference do you notice between baseball in, you know, Southern California and Los Angeles and then baseball in Canada? You know, can you tell us a little bit about the climate of baseball in Canada right now? Well, I think it's, um, I mean, obviously, uh, it's it's not so much that I, I played there and now I'm, I'm, I'm involved in baseball in Canada. Um, it's more that watching players now and what, what you have up here is a, a lot of development has been going on the last 15 or 20 years. And uh, I think when I first, when I actually, when I was up here the first time I was a player in AAA with the Angels, the Vancouver franchise was their AAA platform and we would do clinics and so on. It just seemed like, um, you know, a lot of guys were so far behind. There was a couple of Canadians that you would have heard of like Larry Walker and these guys, but there wasn't that many, um, you know, or at least a lot going on at the grassroots level, but that all changed. And Canada has got so many good programs going on right now. And, developing players not only for college but they're putting guys into the draft regularly and not only at the bottom of the draft there's they're, they're they're putting guys at the top of the draft as well and um, it's pretty exciting and I think we're where I slot here at UBC now is is you know there's all there's all these good players up here and we're trying to provide a place where they can uh, develop, get a tremendous education. And then if you know what, if they have the skills that we feel like we can develop and, and put them into the draft up here, so they don't feel like they have to go to Southern California to get that, uh, whether it be exposure or development. 
Coach, you talked about some of the players that y'all have. Who are some of those guys that really make an impact for y'all this year? Who are some of the guys that we can watch? And when we're eventually coming out with, you know, draft articles, guys to watch out, names that we need to be on the lookout for, not just, you know, within UBC, but throughout the entire nation. Well, it's hard for me to tell the landscape of the of the entire nation. I know that we'd get to get to see Rutschman down at Oregon State in a fall game, which was really big for our program to see him. It's a catcher switch hitting with power and can really catch and has all the intangibles. So our guys got to see what one one might look like, which is pretty exciting for them. But uh you know, we had a pretty exciting draft class last year. We we really had to make a, a well I guess it was the first chance organically we could make a change. We graduated a lot of seniors and we were able to really kind of change the landscape of our program by bringing in 21 new players, which is unusual at the NAI level. Uh, a lot of them are very athletic kids that in time we think you know, will be guys that will be in, the, in a draft conversation. As far as this year goes, we like we don't have very many upperclassmen, so there isn't a lot of them. Uh, we do have our, our starting pitchers and Windler and McKillican that, uh, you know, there's a lot of scouts coming around to watch those guys. One's a lefty, one's a righty, and we'll rely on them to – uh, set the pace and kind of lead the way for our, our younger guys this season. If they, if they do their job and have really good starts, I think the you know we're going to be in games and our, our freshmen are going to start to get their feet under them and uh, start to realize what it takes to win at this level. And I think we'll be fine by the end of the year. But the future is definitely very exciting. We're happy where we're at uh, with our guys going forward. Coach, you mentioned Wendeler, 15 strikeouts. He tied a program record. He had a no-hitter against number five Lewis Clark over the weekend going into the eighth inning, picked up the win, awesome start. Just to pick up the series win over the number five team in the country to take three games off Lewis Clark State. Talk to us about that. Well, I think Nile is going to be one of those typical guys, uh, you know, and I, if you ask one difference between the Canadian players and, and some of the like kids in Southern California high schools, you know, Nile wasn't in that draft conversation in, in high school, so he's not really used to this. And I think he was starting to feel, starting to think a little bit too much his first few starts of the season. But I think with Lewis and Clark coming in, it really helped him focus. I mean, he looked angry on the mound and ready to go, and that was what we're used to. Um, he was all over the outside edges of the of the plate with three different pitches and was really good and more what we were hoping for. So I think he's kind of found himself and uh, just went out there and pitched, didn't pitch for any scouts. He went out there to compete, which is when he's at his best, and it was really good. As far as beating Lewis and Clark State, they're always, you know, they're in our conference. We always play them eight times a year. So we're used to playing them. We enjoy playing them. They're not chirpy. They get after it the way you should. And, you know, that team, I think, um, you know, we played well this weekend. Uh, they were all close games, could have gone either way. And, uh, you know, I think part of it is we caught them at the right time. They've they've had some weather at their place, and they, were, they weren't as sharp maybe as they normally were, uh, would be because they've been – uh, in the snow with a lot of teams up there northwest have been battling uh but you know it was a, an exciting i can't wait to play them again because again that really it really helps us test where we're at and um you know so far so good coach what are some of the season goals that y'all have uh for this year i know it's you're the only international team in the nai there used to be uh, the university of winnipeg also but right now ubc the only international team playing baseball so what is the goal for y'all as as kind of the representative for the entire nation of canada (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit, I think, where these guys feel like, you know, the farther we go, we get lots of calls from people and programs across the country that don't really uh, check in. So I think they do feel a bit of that, uh, you know, the the country behind them a little bit. We're just trying to take our program to be at that level where we're in that national, you know, top 25 every year and, uh, you know, a challenge and a a realistic chance to go to to Lewiston. And are we there yet? Probably not. We're getting closer. I think the last draft class will help. Um, I wouldn't put anything past these kids. Um, Again, they continue to improve daily. And I think that's where our focus is, not so much on the long-term goal. Yeah, we want to, our, our goal every year is to is to go to Lewis and play in the World Series like you guys were talking about earlier. But we're with all these young kids and their enthusiasm, we're trying to get consistent and really work on uh, really just improving day-to-day and week-to-week. And we'll see where that ends up. Uh, but I am happy with the progress to, to this point. Coach, talk to us about Ty Pinner leading the team, hitting 304, 14 hits on the season. What's led to his success at the plate so far? Well, he's got a, he's got a real pretty swing. Um, uh, and he comes from a program in Alberta, Vauxhall Academy, where Les McTavish has just done an amazing job. All, in fact, all the players we have, we have four players from that program, and every one of them comes in with a baseball IQ that's above what we normally get a, a freshman. Uh, they all kind of have an idea. So his at bats, even from day one, we're still working out little kinks on his direction and some of his balance and bat path. But the idea, him know what he's doing up there, and he sees the ball very well. Um, I, those were always good. Like his at bats were always one of the better ones, even as a freshman, which is unusual. And now he's starting to really kind of get the swing more consistent, and that's starting to come together for him. He's a freshman, so I'm sure we'll have some ups and downs. But uh, again, he comes advanced with his approach and what we're used to. So uh, he's right now hitting in the middle of our order, which again is very unusual at this level for a freshman. But um, Hey, if it plays, they're going to put him there, and um, he's been good so far. Coach, last question for you. Of course, I got to make it hard. It's a two-parter. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got a beautiful facility up there at UBC. Tell me a little bit about how you ended up there. I know you did some international scouting work for the Boston Red Sox for five years. Uh, you were a Class A hitting coach for in Vancouver uh, for a year. You know, so tell me how you ended up at, at UBC, and then go ahead and tell me. How y'all prepare for Corbin this weekend? Okay, well, how I ended up here was, um, like I said, I I uh, played Triple A ball up here, and even at that time, I met a gal in the mid, you know, 1997, and ended up really uh, coming back to to Vancouver, which I fell in love with the city right away. Uh, but I needed a place to work out, and the guys at UBC here, Terry McCaig, had started a program. I didn't know anything about it, but I got in touch with them to see if I could, you know, get some ground balls and take some swings before I went to spring training when I was still a player. And what I found was just a, you know, a really good program. People that really knew what was going on. Um, they were developing players. They had good players. And you know, fast forward a few years, you get done playing, you come back, and you know. I, thought about the coaching thing and kind of volunteered my first year uh, up here in Vancouver as my family was living full time and um, ended up taking a, a professional job and then getting into scouting like you mentioned earlier. And then Terry McCaig, who started this program 21 years ago, uh, you know, we had a conversation or two about him possibly stepping not down, but to the side so he could focus more on the business side of it and put in these new beautiful facilities that we have now, thanks to him, and that I would maybe take over the baseball side of it uh, as far as the coaching goes. And, 
you know, it was just kind of an idea and I didn't really, you know, I was, I was fully committed to the Red Sox and what I was doing there and absolutely loved the scouting bit. And then, you know, the season ended and the draft ended and, uh, you know, Terry came and he goes, yeah, I think I'd like to do this. What do you think? And, um, you know, I got the opportunity to, uh, to work in college, which it's always been more exciting to me than pro ball, this, this age of kid and the excitement that comes with the, the student athlete. And so four years ago, this is my fourth season now, and it's, uh, it's been a good fit. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, my dad was a coach, so I feel like uh, it's been in our family and uh, like the relationship with Terry, Terry continues to raise money for uh, scholarships. And then you know, we have a beautiful stadium that we're playing in and even uh, more things happening with that, with batter's eye going in and they're going to do all the feedbacks here pretty soon in a video board. So we're just totally geeked up here with all the things going on. And uh, I think our team's heading in the right direction. Uh, the administration's behind us and sporting and everything we're doing. And so we're just, really happy with uh with that so uh, i think that's question number one how i got here and what's going on as far as corbin goes we know they're scrappy they're a really good team at uh hit and run um they will they will bunt they will do whatever it takes and uh so you know we got to be on our toes and be able to defend that um i don't know we haven't seen them this year last year they graduated uh three really talented senior pitchers so i know they're starting over similar to us so uh, as far as what to expect, we'll have to kind of wait and see, guys. There'll be a little bit of reaction after day one and just playing our game and then you know, obviously trying to learn as fast as we can where, how we can defend and play against uh, Corbin. But uh, they always play us tough. And uh, we have another exciting thing going on this weekend. It's Jeff Francis. Uh, we're retiring his jersey on Saturday, so we're going to have a lot of people here. And, uh, of course, Jeff Francis, first rounder that pitched uh, game one. And, for the Rockies and the, against the Red Sox in the World Series. So kind of the most famous alumni we have here and also a shining example of uh, a really good student that was able to develop and uh, stay right here in Canada and go in the first round. So, uh, so a lot happening this weekend. Absolutely sounds like it, Coach. And we want to thank you for taking some time out of your day and, and joining with us here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Of course, our guest is Coach Chris Pritchett, head baseball coach at the University of British Columbia, joining us on the Silverback Sports Hotline. Coach, thank you for taking some time out. Thank you for talking with us, teaching us a little bit more about your program. Wish we could get up there uh, a little yeah. bit more, you know, uh, but maybe maybe one of these days, you know, NAI Ball will will be able to get up there to Vancouver and, and catch a couple games. But definitely want to thank you for, you know, just for taking some time out. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and you're always welcome here. We want to thank the University of British Columbia baseball program and its head coach, Chris Pritchett, for joining us here on the NAI Ball podcast via the Silverback Sports Hotline. Huge thanks to him, a great interview, and, you know, Cody, thank you for setting that up. We'll move on here to our big series recap, our big series of the week recap. We'll start things out. The University of Southwest and LSU Shreveport, that one, Worked out like this. Two to one, LSU Shreveport wins the series by scores of 10 to four, LSUS, four nothing, LSUS, USW able to salvage something, get the third game, and win in the third game. Three to one is the final for LSUS. Trace Francis, seven innings pitch, no runs, six strikeouts, and the win for him. Ryan Ray, a double, two home runs, and four RBIs. Those were the standouts for the pilots for USW. Marvin. Galarza, nine innings pitch, one earned run, 11 strikeouts. He was also the conference pitcher of the week. Point versus Union was one of our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. 
two to one point gets the series win in that one. 12 to seven in game number one in favor to point, six to five in game number two in favor to point, and seven to five union in game number three. For point, the players that we have to mention Carnegie Calzado, five runs, two doubles, a home run, three RBIs. David Torres, four hits, four RBIs, and then Brett Griffin, five and a third innings pitch, no runs, six strikeouts. Nick Cotton, six and two thirds innings pitch, two earned runs, and four strikeouts with a win. And Nick, I'm sorry if I messed your last name up there. But he gets the win. Shout out to Nick over at Union. Luke Reinhardt, nine hits and five runs batted in for Union as well. Again, point wins that series, two games to one. Our nationwide big series of the week was Indiana Tech versus Taylor. Two to one, Taylor wins the series. A huge series win for the Trojans of Taylor. Five to four, Taylor in game number one. Game number two went two nothing to Indiana Tech. So in the rubber match, Eight to seven, Taylor University wins. Cody, we definitely picked a great nationwide Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week in Indiana Tech and Taylor. All three games were fantastic. For Taylor, TJ Bass, a double, a home run, three RBIs. Cole Barkhouse had a win and a save in the series. And Noah Houston, three and two-thirds innings pitch, no hits, no runs, and a win for him. For Indiana Tech, the players to watch, Dan Shaw had four and two-thirds Innings pitch in relief, no runs, five Ks, and a save. And then Jake DeFreeze, seven runs, a double, and a triple. Cody, man, give me some thoughts on this past weekend's big series of the week brought to you by Silverback Sports. It was a really big weekend for Taylor to take that series over Indiana Tech. Trailing late in game three, they were able to come back and win that series, launch themselves into the top 25 this weekend. Point was able to win the series. Point looked really good. They're receiving votes nationally, and uh, they're just on their way. They have a chance to prove themselves against Brian, Tennessee Wesleyan, and Reinhardt down the road. And LSU Shreveport, you know, they launched themselves into the top 15. Really good weekend for them. Not a good place to play. Hard place to play is what I should say. It's a really difficult place to play out there in New Mexico. Good series win for the Pilots. Definitely some great Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week last week. And, Cody, you said point. It's got that's a long road in front of them. But definitely we'll love to see if they're up for the challenge. Our surprises of the week goes a little bit like this. Georgetown sweeps Uno. They've now won a ton of games in a row. Last count at nine. Got to go. With Siena Heights, they take down Campbellsville and Kaiser. They're having a great week so far. Rio Grande takes the series versus Indiana Southeast. How about this one? University of Antelope Valley puts up six runs in the ninth inning to beat Providence Christian College, seven to six, a big-time comeback for UAV. Lindsey Wilson scores three runs in the bottom of the ninth, all of them coming with two outs to beat Cleary. Something you just don't see that often, our sixth surprise of the week. We had an umpire puking delay at Mount Marty. And then, of course, our seventh surprise of the week, University of British Columbia takes three of four versus LCSC, knocks them out of the top 25. Cody, man, what were some of the biggest surprises from this past week? Obviously, uh, the umpire puking delay at Mount Marty has to be uh, up there. Yeah, the puking delay is a first for me as well covering the NAI baseball in three and all, but that's a new one even for us here. Uh, UAV just continues to fight. They've had a big comeback win earlier in the year. Just a great job to put up six runs in the ninth. It's incredible. Lindsey Wilson to get their first win of the year, like you talked about, just to finally get on the board, get that first win. Incredible performance. Clutch. No one on base. You just rally off three runs. Good for them. And Georgetown, they're in that ranking. They look really good right now. You talk about the series loss at Faulkner. You take that out. They're one of the top teams in the country so far this season. Absolutely. Shout out to Georgetown. They're in the 
top 25. And that brings us to our top 25 rundown, taking a look at our top five teams in the nation, according to the 2019 first poll of the year done by the NAI baseball coaches poll. Our number one team in the nation stays the same Southeastern university. The number two team in the nation is Tennessee Wesleyan. They just coming off a win over Southeastern today. They move up from the 12th spot. Faulkner moves up one spot to number three. Georgia Gwinnett falls back one spot to number four. And then Westmont moves up 20 spots to number five in the nation. Taking a look at some other teams who moved in the rankings. Number six, Freed Hardeman. They move back from the two spot. Middle Georgia State moves up from number 17 to number eight in this poll. Science and Arts up from number 11 to the number nine spot. St. Thomas falls back from six to 10. Cumberland's Kentucky moves up from 19 to 11. LSU Shreveport from 25 to 12. And then Oklahoma Wesleyan falls back from number nine to 13. A couple of unranked teams making their first appearance this season in the top 25. Vanguard, unranked. They are now the number 15 team in the nation. Mobile was unranked. They are now number 18. Lion at number 20. Texas Wesleyan at number 21. Taylor at 22. Ben U Mesa at number 23, and then Georgetown at 25. So what does that mean? Here's who dropped out of the poll. Dropping out, the University of Antelope Valley out of California, University of Northwestern Ohio, Point Park, Reinhardt, Bellevue, Weber International, Lewis Clark State, and Campbellsville. A couple of top teams receiving votes, Rio Grande, Tabor, Point, Warner, Weber International. Also want to give a quick shout-out to Talladega, they are receiving votes in the poll, and rightfully so. They have beaten some really good teams this year. Cody, man, the top 25, obviously it's something that we've been waiting on, waiting on, waiting on since November. This is the first poll we've had since November. Give me your thoughts on it. Well, immediately what jumped out to me was Lewis Clark State not being ranked for possibly the first time ever. You know, I reached out to their SID. They weren't able to give us the last time the editor over at the Lewis Tribune, Matt Beanie, wasn't able to recall the last time they weren't ranked. So that just goes to show you, it's been a really, really, really long time since Lewis Clark hasn't been ranked. They've won 40 games in 39 of their last 40 seasons. So to just see them fall out of both the NAIA poll and the perfect game poll was really shocking. Westmont's played really, really, really well. And looking at Westmont and Vanguard in a couple of weeks, that could be a potential NAIA ball series of the week. Agreed. Absolutely agree there. That would be a huge series between Westmont and Vanguard. A couple of my thoughts, I guess, on it really, nobody could really tell us when the last time LCSC wasn't ranked. And that's that's incredible. But if you look at it right now, they're not playing good enough baseball to be ranked in the top 25. It's going to be really interesting uh, to see if they can turn things around. And that's a really, that's a traditional powerhouse ball club. You know, you can say what you want, but get in the World Series, you're going to win a few. You're going to, you know, you still got to play in those games. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can turn that around. I'm really interested to see a series this week between two top tens in OCU and USAO. I think Middle Georgia State moved up rightfully so. There's definitely some teams out there that deserve to be in it. I'm surprised Tabor didn't get in. You know, definitely definitely a surprise there. Cody, I mean, as far as teams receiving votes, were you most surprised by Tabor not getting in, or, or was there somebody else that surprised you? 
No, it was definitely Tabor. I even sent out a tweet last week saying Tabor was getting in. I thought it was a lock. I thought Tabor for sure should have been in the top 25 this week. You know, when I was making my poll, they were definitely a lock to get in. I think another team, Texas Wesleyan, is playing really good baseball. Good to see them jump in there. We mentioned Taylor. Lion, setback last weekend, but if you throw that out, they're playing really good baseball. Georgetown, we mentioned Georgetown too. Look out for the Tigers, man. They went to the World Series in 2014. Absolutely. Shout out to Texas Wesley and Robert Garza over there at TWU and all the guys out there in Fort Worth. They're making their first appearance of the season inside of the top 25. There's definitely going to be some more movement throughout the year. So if your team's not up there right now and you're kind of upset with it, you know what? There's going to be another poll here coming out sometime soon. You don't have to wait, you know, forever in a day for the next poll anymore and run around and beat teams with rankings that they really shouldn't have. So it's going to be better down the road. It's going to be more interesting. And, Cody, it gives you and I a lot more content to go off of. So that's your top 25 rundown. And right now, absolutely no better time to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports is the official sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. Nobody else, just Silverback Sports. They do nothing but produce premium and durable materials for individual and team uses, always available at ShopSilverback.com. The Alpha in Arm Care and Training Essentials, that's ShopSilverback.com, at ShopSilverback on Twitter. Unlock the Silverback in you. Now time for our NEI Ball Players of the Week. We picked two of the best players from around the nation. I've got pitcher of the week, and this week it's McPherson starting pitcher Josh Lewis. He throws a no-hitter versus Southwestern out of Kansas. Seven innings pitch, no hits, no runs, four strikeouts. I mean, no-hitter is something so special. We've got so many of them already on the year. And I think back to, you know, the playing days and when I was in college, I got to be part of one ever in four years, and it was Cody Faulkner at the World Series, and it's just such a special moment. Uh, to be a part of so you know I, I can't imagine how excited his teammates were so congratulations to McPherson starting pitcher Josh Lewis on throwing his no hitter versus Southwestern Cody man you've got the hitter of the week tell us more about the player out of Warner University our award this week goes to Alex Vasquez he was just sensational he had 764 this week 13 hits full 17 RBIs. And like you said earlier, there are players this season that won't hit 17 RBIs all year. So for him to just do that in a week, Warner is rolling. Alex Vasquez is rolling. Congrats to him again. Four tanks in the week, 17 RBIs. That's getting it done. Absolutely. I mean, 17 RBIs in one week is insane. 764 average is insane. You know, ridiculous numbers for him. And congratulations to Alex Vasquez on his accomplishment and shout out to Warner. They're having a great season so far. Moving on now to games and series to watch some of the top games and series from around the nation to keep an eye on. Our first one is mobile and Martin Methodist. That'll be a great one for y'all to catch out there down South. We'll take it out West San Diego. Christian will take on William Jessup, Rio Grande and point park blue mountain versus Faulkner. William Penn will take on Evangel, Mo Bapp, and Park. Oklahoma Panhandle State versus Texas Wesleyan. Jamestown takes on Briarcliff. St. Andrews and Bluefield will meet this weekend. Columbia will take on Freed Hardeman University. Kansas Wesleyan versus Tabor. The University of British Columbia will take on Corbin, as you heard in Coach Pritchett's interview. 
Hope International versus Ottawa out of Arizona. Clark will take on Baker. Taylor versus Huntington. Union and Tennessee Wesleyan. And then Our Lady of Lake versus LSU Alexandria. Cody, man, what are some of the games and series you're going to be watching this weekend? I'd like to see what Faulkner can do against Blue Mountain. It's a big opportunity for Blue Mountain to steal a game against the top team in the conference. And Rio Grande, receiving votes, the top team on that bubble line. If they can go in there and win some games against Point Park, look for them to be in the next edition of the top 25. I will be keeping an eye on Texas Wesleyan and Oklahoma Panhandle State. We'll also be keeping an eye on William Penn versus Evangel. I think William Penn having an excellent season. I'm also interested in Mobat versus Park because Park has had a strong start of the year. They're going to face their toughest test yet, taking on Missouri Baptist. Those will definitely be interesting. And then Taylor. I mean, Taylor, you, you made your jump into the top 25. You deserve to be there. Now you got to take on a good Huntington squad. So that'll definitely be one to keep your eye on. If you're around the nation and you're not playing, those are the games you got to be watching. But the one series, that's right, just one series this week that makes up our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week is a big one. Oklahoma City University at 17-2. and two. They are the number seven team in the nation. We'll take on the number nine team in the nation, the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, who is 18-2 and two this year. Cody, man, we're going to go old school on this just like last year. Tell me more about Denny Crabaugh's squad, the stars of Oklahoma City University. Oklahoma City, outside of Lewis Clark State, probably the perennial power here in the NAIA. 17-2 and two on the year, 3-0 in conference. They're hitting 284 as a team with 15 home runs at 105 RBIs. Pitching staff's getting it done. 2.81 ERA, 152 strikeouts, and 141 innings pitch. Batters are only hitting 205 off the stars. Players to look out for. Outfielder Tyler Williams, been sensational, hitting 327 with five home runs. He has 29 RBIs. That's third in the entire country. Leadoff hitter, second baseman Noah Bartz has been a spark plug for the Stars. 385 average, 25 hits with 14 runs. And look out for Caleb Davis. Great pop in his bat. Three home runs with 18 RBIs. On the mound, future All-American, calling it right now, Bryce Milligan. Been an absolute dude. 34 innings pitched, 0.00 ERA, three complete games, two shutouts, undefeated on the year. He was a dude last year. He's picking up right where he left off. He's having an even better season right here in 2019. And starting pitcher Brandon Golson, he's been a solid number two. 27 innings pitched, 3.67 ERA. He already has three wins on the mound. A really good one-two punch for Oklahoma City. They're hitting 281, but you know that average is going to climb. You know they're going to get north of 300. So look out for the Stars. It's a really powerful team. Cody, man, I mean, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but you're calling it already. You're saying that when NAI ball, when you and I come out with our All-American list, you know, Bryce Milligan's not just going to be an All-American in our eyes. He's going to be an All-American in the eyes of the coaches from around the nation as well. Absolutely. You pitch on a top 10 team in the country. You got a team that could possibly go to Lewiston. They did it last year. He pitched in Lewiston last year. And you start 34 innings without giving up an earned run. Yeah, I think he's going to be an All-American. You know what? And, and OCU is such a storied program. And, and Denny Crayball has been there a long time. But this is a perennial powerhouse, a blue chip of NAI baseball. And so OCU... USAO, this is going to be a great series. I've got USAO. They are 18-2 and two on the season, 2-0 in Sooner Athletic Conference play. Their lone loss to an NAI school is Bellevue in a 5-1 to one game. They lost, unfortunately, this week against D2 Southwestern Oklahoma State. Taking a look at the team stats, 
The Drovers are batting 352 as a team, 209 hits, 47 doubles, 8 triples, 11 home runs, 160 RBIs. They're slugging 514, have an on-base percentage of 459, and have 46 stolen bases on the year. In pitching, they have a 180-team ERA, 57 walks, 176 strikeouts. Opponents are hitting 172 off of them. They are fielding 958 as a club. They are definitely going to be facing their toughest test of the year, and these hitters will have to deal with Bryce Milligan, but they've got some excellent numbers on the year and have done some great jobs, starting out here with P.J. Garcia. 452 average, 33 hits, 8 extra base hits, 15 RBIs. Luis Paleo, 418 average, 28 hits, 7 doubles, 4 triples, 27 RBIs. And then Daniel Lafarga, 303 average, 20 hits, leads the team in home runs with 3 and 19 RBIs. The starting pitcher that I've got down to watch is Matt Merrill, 0.99 ERA, so an ERA below one, a 4-0 record in five starts, 27 and a third innings pitch, 39 strikeouts, an opponent average of 125. Relief pitcher to watch coming out of the pen, Rudy Gonzalez, 182 ERA with a 1-1 one one record, one save on the year, 24 and two-thirds innings pitch, three walks, 24 strikeouts, and an opponent average of 170. One. Cody, the stage has been set. It's the Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. It's the only one we've got. USAOOCU. It is going to be a huge series down in Oklahoma, and they will actually play the first game Thursday in Chickasha, Oklahoma at USAO. They will then move things to Oklahoma City and play on the campus of OCU at Jim Wade. This is going to be a huge series. It'll be Thursday. They will not play Friday. They will play a doubleheader on Saturday in Oklahoma City. Cody, I mean, it's it's the one to watch. It's it's definitely the biggest series this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's the series to watch. Um, they're sending their best pitcher out there, one of the best pitchers in the country, Milligan, going to be on the road in Chickasha. Um, I think that's going to be such a huge game. I'm really looking forward to that Thursday matchup. And uh, yeah, I think, I honestly, I predict, I think, you know, I'm not going to say who I think wins the series, but I think they're going to split on Saturday. So I think that Thursday is going to be really big. Absolutely. I don't see a sweep either way in this series. And so I definitely think it will be a fantastic series of baseball. It'll be the one that I'm watching the most this weekend. So shout out to USAO. Shout out to OCU. Go out there, play some great baseball this weekend. Enjoy it. I know I will be enjoying it. I know Cody will be enjoying it. Want to give a quick thank you to head baseball coach at the University of British Columbia, Chris Pritchett, for joining us on the podcast today. Cody, man, before we go, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just glad the top 25 is back out. You know, it gives us more things to talk about, uh, more teams. You know, I think feel like the incentive for teams, they play a little harder knowing that in two weeks, hey, I can be in that next poll. You know, maybe that's just me, but I'm looking forward to just seeing how it shakes out. Lewis Clark State. It's a big weekend for them to get back on track. Good weekend for British Columbia to pick up where they left off. And OCU-USAO, that's where all our eyes are. Absolutely agree. OCU-USAO will be the biggest series there is. Cody mentioned LCSC. They will take on College of Idaho. Plenty of games to watch this weekend. Plenty of things to watch. And NAI Ball will have it all. That's right. NAI Ball will have all of your stats, news, scores, and stories from around the nation. Follow us at NAI Ball on Twitter. Search NAI Ball on Facebook. You can even add us on Snapchat, NAI Ball X, for all of your information throughout those three platforms. You can follow me on Twitter, Robbie Gutierrez, RobG1063. We'll talk some NAI baseball. Always looking forward to it. It's always going to be a good time. 
Thank you for joining us on this edition of the NAI Ball Podcast. And until next time, we hope you have a great day. Hey guys, Robbie Gutierrez here, host of the NAI Ball Podcast. Let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports was created by coaches and for coaches. They are supplying over 100 colleges around the nation with bands and ballistic plyo balls in throwing and hitting sets. On top of it all, they now offer mini rebounders and leather wrist weights. They have top quality products at affordable prices. Find it all at shopsilverback.com and follow them on Twitter at shopsilverback. Silverback Sports, the alpha in arm care and training essentials.